1: Hello, this is Emily Swallow, the armorer from The Mandalorian, and you are listening to the Canned Air podcast. This is the way.
2: and welcome to another episode of Can Dare, your tribute to pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley.
1: And I'm Randy Hardenbrook.
2: And joining us today, our guest you've probably seen on TikTok, making cocktails inspired by your favorite video games, video game characters. We welcome gamer, mixologist, and content creator, the gaming mixologist himself, Frankie Francis, to the show. Frankie, thank you so much for being here, man. That was
0: quite an intro, man. Thank you. That was
2: awesome. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> I, hope I, de- I hope I deserve it, that's all. So. Oh, here, cheer, man. Cheers to you guys. Hey, 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 I've got a <laughs> drink right here. Cheers. But based cheers. on the content I've seen, man, uh, yeah, you're, you definitely deserve that intro, if not more. You, oh, yeah. You've got great content. It's very entertaining.
0: That means the world to me, man. Thank you so much. That just means the absolute world to me. I mean, uh, the biggest... The whole, the whole reason I'm doing it right now is just I'm having fun with it. So I want to be creative and um, combine, basically, work and play. I work as a bartender full time, um, and I've been a gamer since I was, you know, this big. So um, sure, but so just combine the two together, just made all the sense in the world. It's been fun, and the feedback has been, for the most part, pretty positive. It's been really, really just humbling and sure. awesome. So, yeah.
2: and I, I can see I why sur-
0: totally. I have a surprise for you guys. So I was talking with, uh, with Randy uh, a couple days ago about like what kind of your spirits of choice is. So I'd like to present to you right here, the can air shot right here. So, <laughs> so oh I know, God. So, we, so we like vodka, we like uh, red and white are your colors. So uh, basically how to make this drink, it's actually involves a lot of layering. So um, it is very sweet. So the bottom layer is uh, what's called orjat. So what orgeat is is in the ton cocktails. The Mai Tai is the most famous. It's like an almond syrup, no alcohol to it. And then when I layer on the top, it's a combination of grenadine for the red color and a mix of strawberry vodka and vanilla vodka. So, ooh, it's tasty. So
2: <laughs> I want to reach into the screen and grab it.
0: and just drink. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, man. If we can ever do this face to face in the future, man, I'll, I'll, I'll make them all for it. But uh you can our podcast thank you guys so much for having me on Cheers, oh, you thank
2: you for being here man yeah that is so awesome jealous. you're gonna have to uh, send us the Ooh. recipe for that so we can make it uh, for ourselves but oh, thank you what an honor we've got our own drink man yes I'll do moving I'll, up I'll, I'll, the make world. A,
0: I'll make a video of that for you guys uh, at some point in the very near future uh, shooting new content with this uh, little injury I'm badly done, a little challenging but uh, yeah so that's gonna be I can probably get that done maybe in the next uh, hope of this week I'm shooting a special one tomorrow that um i'll be posting probably tuesday night on tiktok and then um i'll be posting on instagram and facebook probably wednesday morning so we'll awesome, keep an awesome. Eye out, thank man. you so much kander shall be later in the week and then i'll do the uh, this other one i have i've been planning for a while so i gotta just do it for a certain date that's happening on uh on wednesday for a very uh awesome streaming series on disney plus that involves a guy wearing a mask and a little green guy about this big so hmm.
2: oh okay yeah, so. Yeah.
0: So as you guys know, I'm talking about Frozen 3. So. <laughs>
2: right. I was trying to think of a joke, but I couldn't come up with one quick enough. I was going to say something about Kermit, but then the guy in the mask didn't make sense. I tried, though. <laughs>
0: hey, it's okay. But, a for
2: But hey, man, I got to say, this episode's starting out of the gate really hot. We've got our own drink, Randy. Holy shit. A candare-themed drink. I can't wait to try it for myself. And I can't wait to grill you, uh, Frankie, a little bit later just about how you got started and everything, but before we do that, in our Retro Roundtable, we're going to be going around uh, talking about some of our favorite fictional bars from throughout pop culture, which I'm excited about because I've, I've talked about, uh, I think, one of them that I'm going to mention on the show before, but anxious to see what your guys' picks are, and then, uh, like I said, we're going to turn our full attention over to Frankie and ask some more questions. Uh, but before we do anything, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CannedAirPod and on Instagram at canned underscore air and head over to candarepodcast.com. A few different ways there you can support us. You can, one, go to our merch tab, get T-shirts, mugs, stickers, hats, all that stuff there, and our Patreon tab, where 5 to $10 a month gets you hours upon hours of bonus content. And uh, if you don't have the money to support us, then you can uh, leave us a review on your podcast player choice because that helps tremendously. It's not just uh, just making us feel good about ourselves. Randy.
1: Big shout out to evergreenpodcast.com, the network we are on and uh, so happy to be a part of. Check out all the great shows and uh, find us there as well. That's
2: right. And with all that said, let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable.
1: Hold on to your butts. <laughs> Excellent.
2: All right, Randy, show us how it's done.
1: All right, so for my first pick, uh, it's getting kind of close to St. Patrick's Day and it's kind of a uh, family ritual. Julie and I always watch the Boondock Saints. And nice. uh, my, my favorite, uh, one of my favorite characters in the Boondock Saints uh, is the bartender uh, at the bar they're at, Doc who uh, just has a habit of totally just fucking up any type of parables or proverbs or anything like that. Um, kind of one of my favorite things he says is, uh, why don't you make like a tree and get the fuck out of here? Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> classic. Uh, so yeah, that, that's gotta be my per- first pick. And uh, if you guys haven't seen boondock saints, I highly encourage you to watch it.
0: I'm from Massachusetts, man. I've I, the boondock saints is very big up here. So I've seen oh, it nice. many, many
1: times. Yeah. Yeah. My um, wife because- is too. That's awesome.
0: The only thing I don't recall about it is is I don't remember the name of the bar. What was the name of the What was the, bar, what was the, name of the bar's name? That
1: you know, I don't even know if it, it had one. Um, yeah. My, oh wait, it was. Um, okay, so
0: they did they did mention it. I think it was McCluskey's. I think because it was definitely an Irish pub, obviously. Right. But right. also, I think that when, when the cops are investigating the uh, the 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 dead dead Russian guys that, that had happened, we don't know what happened. Uh, like, okay.
1: Right? I yeah, think he yeah, mentioned
0: yeah. probably a good time McGinty's. McGinty's. That McGinty's. That's McGinty's. right. Okay. Yep. 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 So that was the name of the bar with Doc, and I love that uh, it's the same guy that played Doc on Fraggle Rock way back in the day. So <laughs> Are obviously you a lot serious? cleaner. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys ever watch Fraggle Rock when you were kids? Oh, oh hell yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's a guy who is in the workshop with his dog Sprock, and his name is Doc, and it's Jerry Parks, the same guy yep. from Boondock Saints. So.
2: <laughs> wow. Yeah. I've never seen Boondock Saints.
0: It's one of the big movies from Boston. Like, for, for Boston-based movies, that's one that everybody likes to talk about. And it wasn't really a big hit, so there's a long story
2: behind that, I know. But it has, like, a cult following, doesn't it? Like, there's, it's got... It like, does. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the long story short was that uh, it was supposed to get this huge, huge budget and have a lot of big-name actors interested because, like, you know, this came out, like, you know, it wasn't released, I don't think, on, on DVD until, I think, 2000, but it was... Coming out around the same time as, like, you know, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stuff like Desperados, the stuff that Robert Reeves was doing. So it had that same kind of vibe to it. But the problem was, I guess the – and there's a whole documentary about the, about this guy, the director, Troy Duffy. He just became this just raging, just asshole, like, just very difficult <laughs> to work with. A lot of not want to work on them. The budget got cut way down. The budget was going to be, like, maybe, like, just over $10 million. Then it got cut down to, like, maybe two. But wow. still, what they turned out, good movie. And that's where uh, Norman Reedus kind of got his uh, first start. Mm-hmm. Him from Walking Dead.
2: Oh, okay. Did he appear to be bathed in that movie? Because in Walking Dead, he looks like he's pretty dirty.
0: <laughs> you know, not really. It's not <laughs> okay. as bad as like the latest things of Walking Dead. <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, they just, they look kind of grungy. It's, it's him and uh, Sean Patrick Flannery. The big star of the movie is, is Willem Dafoe. But uh, yeah, it's worth watching. Sure. I recommend it.
2: Oh, you got to love Willem Dafoe too, man. Yeah, Randy, bring that over. I'll watch that. All right, I'll bring it. Well, what about uh, you, Frankie? Your favorite bar from throughout pop culture?
0: All right, so this one I have to mention because it is technically in a movie, but it was, but it actually is based on a true story and is a real bar that I've actually been in. So uh, I'm from I'm from Massachusetts. I'm in I'm live in a town called Gloucester, Massachusetts, and the bar I'm going to reference is from the movie The Perfect Storm, which takes place in Gloucester, and that would be the Crow's Nest. Um, oh, just, okay. Just because, yeah, just because that bar actually does exist. It was it's in the book by Sebastian Younger and then Junger, excuse me. Maybe I might be might be a soft jam. I might be mispronouncing it. And um, they have it in the movie as well. So but the bar itself in the movie is technically not the same bar because the ceiling is very, very low in um, in the actual crows. Nest. So they'd actually mm. build one with a higher ceiling so they get like the crane in and shoot the higher angle shots. So oh. my first one will be yeah. Crow's Nest from The Perfect Storm. Washington, Massachusetts.
2: Wow, I'm gonna have to watch that again. I haven't seen that since a uh, VHS. I had it on VHS. It's been a long time.
0: I dug it because it, it was. It, it's, it takes place in my hometown. It was still yeah, in sure. of my hometown,
2: so yeah. It was a good movie. Uh, was that Clooney? Mm-hmm. That was Clooney.
0: Yep. Um, Clooney, Wahlberg, uh, John C. Riley. For got famous, and um, it was who directed that? Wolfgang Peterson, I think, directed that. I believe. I'm not sure.
1: I was trying to think who the other guy was in there. The uh, kind of like the asshole that was. Um, he was in uh, one of the captains in Armageddon too. That would remember, be Michael Ironside. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, I forgot Ironside was in that. He's. Was uh, I was.
0: Are you talking about somebody else in that? Are you talking because the guy who's was in Total Recall? That's that's Michael Ironside. Well, he's been. He was a villain in tons
1: of no, movies. No, uh, yeah. I was talking about the uh, the guy that kind of went head to head with uh, Riley in the movie a lot. Um, oh, what was his name? Uh, John Mike. The blonde. yeah ir- Irregardless. Been a while, been a while. But yeah, good movie. Now I'm curious,
2: but what I'm even more curious about now saying that, uh, uh, Frankie, you're in Massachusetts, maybe you're going to roll your eyes when I pick this one, but being that you are in Massachusetts and being that you are a bartender, you've undoubtedly been to Cheers.
0: Not as many times as you think. I've been there a handful of times. Maybe I could probably count on one hand how many times I've actually been in the actual Cheers.
2: Yeah. Well, I loved the I show. Do. I loved it. Great and setup. I've always wanted to uh go to the actual Cheers. Is it cool? I mean, how, how, I know they're not going to like resemble each other, but are there similarities? It's, well,
0: the last time I was in, I was in Cheers. It was probably the, like I said, the third or fourth time in there in my life. It was probably, it was pre COVID. So I want to say it was 2018 or 19, the last time I was in there, but it's changed, you know, significantly. I, it, might, it might not have been the same bar, but it might be a base there, but, um, Hmm. yeah and every and every bar i know has at least one norm and every bar also is the guy who thinks that he's norm but it's actually somebody else he but he's it. not
2: <laughs> you know i noticed when i come in the front door not everyone uh, screamed my name in unison what's up with that guys i thought i was the guy
0: my <laughs> favorite norm line ever though is um it's so like he, he walks in he goes after everybody and they go norm and it's like, how is, how's it hanging on? He goes, "Oh, the it's a dog eat dog world, and I'm eating. I'm wearing bone underwear."
2: <laughs> <laughs> I loved those lines. They were always so every, good.
0: Every bar has a norm, just <laughs> everyone. So
2: it's funny. I uh, about two three weeks ago, I had to drive back home, which is about an hour away, to uh, go to a funeral. And afterwards, me and some friends went to a bar that uh, they frequent, but I had never been to. And when I went in, when we went in, uh, one of the guys walked in behind me and everybody in the place did a norm to him, but they called him by his name. And it like took me by surprise. But you're absolutely right. Every bar really does. And he was that dude. Because as soon as we walked in, everybody turned on a dime. (laughs) Yeah, I want to go to uh, Cheers someday. I guess originally before it was uh, called Cheers, because I think they changed their name to Cheers after the show. Although the show was inspired by the actual bar, it was originally called the Bull and Finch uh, Pub. That sounds right. That sounds accurate. I'm going to have to go someday, get myself a beer and a t-shirt. I have a bottle opener if you need to use it, so. <laughs> Fair enough.
0: <laughs> this, has been, this, this has been featured in a, in, in a, in a video. Of, uh, it's an NES controller, but uh, it was turned that. into a bottle opener. Yeah, That's
2: so awesome. this uh, actually
0: I actually another one, too, from uh, the same guy, uh, the NES Max, too. Um, nice time, yeah he just they were non-function controllers and this guy the bottle opener. So,
2: where one person sees trash another person sees treasure man i would that's totally open my beers with those
1: i'm gonna see him do that with an n64 controller <laughs> that's gonna be a challenge That <laughs> could probably work you know with one of the
0: prongs but uh no I, I have that i bring that to work every so often and um it doesn't get a lot of notice but for those that know they get pretty excited about
1: it yeah
2: i certainly would be all right. Well, Randy, we are back around to you, sir.
1: OK, yeah. Uh, so my next one um, is going to be uh, the Gem Saloon from Deadwood, which was, again, based on a uh, a real uh, place, uh, Al Swearingen out in Deadwood, Deadwood uh, South Dakota, South Dakota. Yeah. But in the show played by uh, Ian McShane. Uh, have you guys seen Deadwood at all?
2: Mm-mm.
1: Unfortunately, I've, I have never seen it. A couple quick fun facts about Deadwood. Uh, the show, uh, it's set in like a uh, Western... Uh, time frame but uh the show says fuck a uh, hundred excuse me 43 times in the first hour of the show and mm. upwards of 2,980 total fucks were given during the series uh which is an average of 1.5 fucks per minute of footage wow so that's a lot more fucks than i've got to give i tell you <laughs> wow. but uh yeah and also record. that's got to be a record no kidding. i think i think it is um but yeah if you like westerns it's a great show um it's got a really great cast and uh yeah it's, it's awesome
2: definitely love westerns and i've heard good stuff about that show uh, while you were talking about it, it just made me think of uh the saloon in westworld i don't know if you've okay, yep. seen that i mean there's nothing super special to it it's just like an old-timey uh saloon with a piany in the corner you know playing on a roll if, if there isn't someone sitting there Uh, I mean, I wouldn't want that to be like my all the time hangout, but I'd love to go to like an Old West saloon like that's as authentic as it can be. You know what I mean?
1: Just where everybody like stops and looks at you when you go through the swinging doors.
2: (laughs) Uh, Maybe not quite that. I don't want to get shot outside after I have a shot or something. But uh, you know what I mean? Just to experience that. But not, I guess not like in Westworld with all the fucking androids and people killing each other. That might not be a great uh, choice. Anyway, uh, that takes us over to Frankie.
0: Okay, so um, this one I think is technically a restaurant, but I do have a bar for back. We we doing restaurants, too, or just strictly bar?
2: No rules here, hey, man. Whatever you want. No rules here. All
0: right, actually, you know actually, I'm going to go with the bar first. We're going to go international this time. We're going to merry old England, and this bar is called Winchester.
2: I've Do we know where that's from? I've heard of that, but I can't place of where it's from. Is that Shaun of the Dead?
0: You are correct, Randy. Oh, yes. okay. We'll go to the Winchester, have and wait for all this to blow up, and then the fucking zombie apocalypse <laughs> happens. So.
2: <laughs> so, Shaun of the Dead, I just
0: watched it recently, and, you know, when that came out, like, that movie's funny as hell, but also, yeah. if you're a horror fanatic, that's a fucking great zombie movie, and yeah, it's, it is kind of parrying the genre, but the movie itself is actually it's kind of an essential like zombie flick classic so much mm-hmm. so like even um they actually had edgar wright and Simon Pegg play zombies in george romero's land of the dead which came out a few years later like really? romero was so impressed, like you guys made a fucking great movie so you want to be in mind
2: yeah and <laughs> so, well you're absolutely point. right it, it was a great freaking film it, it, it shows you know okay it was a parody and you'd, th- you'd probably think like uh I mean, no disrespect to the Wayans brothers, but I I, th- I feel like if the Wayans brothers did it, they'd just be like, "All right, just moan and walk forward with your arms out." You know, it sounds like yep. these guys actually put some uh, real research and thought and time into how these zombies should behave. Maybe I'm just talking <laughs> up my ass. I don't know.
0: No, you're absolutely right. I think because a lot of times when when you're doing a parody of something, you want to do a good one. If you look at the best parodies, this might be a little offside, but Mel Brooks does fantastic parodies. I mean, if you look at Young Frankenstein. <laughs> He put a lot of effort into making that look like a 1930s Universal movie. Like He actually he actually got old pieces of the set from Frankenstein, from like oh, wow. Bride of Frankenstein in his movie. He wanted to be as close as possible. Blazing Saddles. Yeah, it's hysterical and is not politically correct <laughs> by today's standards. but From a Western standpoint, like the composer who sang the opening song treated oh, okay. it like it was a real, like, you know, mm-hmm. Western style. So he pays a lot of good tribute to it. Shaw the Dead the exact same way. The best Uh, Robin
2: Robin Hood men in tights as well.
0: Same, yeah. You can still make fun of the source material, but still honoring the source material Mm -hmm. too. Like Mm -hmm. to say, hey, this entertained me. I'm yes, I'm making fun of it, but I also really love this type, this genre, these kind of movies. So, and Shaun of the Dead is a perfect example of that. And uh, plus, you know, if you're gonna be, you're gonna be stuck in a bar during a zombie apocalypse, go to Winchester.
2: (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Duly noted. (laughs) Wow, and now I have the blazing uh, saddle steam song stuck in my head. (laughs) But you know what? If there was any song to have stuck in my head, glad it's that one. Good one. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, My next pick is going to have to be, uh, I I can't say it's one of my favorites, because every time it's on the television, it's really dark and dingy. And the people in there seem to be afraid of any kind of light. But it's uh, Moe's bar from The Simpsons.
1: <laughs> I figured that would come up. <laughs> of course you did.
0: <laughs> but, it's on my list. I was fighting not to bring it up. But like, how can you not do Moe's?
2: Yeah, it. I know. Mine, I guess mine are a pretty low-hanging fruit. I, I knew that as I was writing them down. But I don't care because it's it's what it is. Um, but I, I guess I picked Moe's because we got to, years ago, we went to Universal and went to The Simpsons area of the park and actually got to drink at Moe's. Which was really cool because, you know, Springfield only gets like a little corner of the park, so it's not like you're walking into a uh, environment that looks like you're in Springfield. It's just a few stores lined up with a few characters placed, the, you know, yada yada. But when you go into Moe's, it looks like the bar from the television show, just bigger, just deeper and wider. And uh, light. People seem to be happy in this one. But <laughs> um, one thing that I saw online, though, when looking at this, which would be so cool to do, because, you know, pop-up restaurants have, like, been becoming quite a thing. I guess there have been Mo's taverns popping up in bars for uh, short periods of time around the United States. I thought that would be cool as hell to go to.
0: Pop-up Moe's. No, yeah, I, I went to um, a pop-up movies uh, a few oh, years ago. Oh, you yeah. suck. That
2: would be so awesome. How was it? That was fun, yeah. Yeah, I
0: got oh, I got my cow tipper on. It was great. So
2: <laughs> it
0: was it was fun. I mean, I had like a lot of cool memorabilia there, and you know, it was, it was fun. You know? I mean, I'm, I'm a Kevin Smith fanatic, so I have been since sure. you know college.
2: Let me ask you a question. Sure. Did you cry at the end of Clerks Three?
0: I came very very close. I'm surprised I didn't.
2: Yeah, I was I I got pretty teared up. That was so good. It was surprisingly good. I still think uh, two is probably my uh, favorite, but damn, three was really playing the heartstrings, wasn't it?
0: I thought, yeah, I thought that the and I won't give a, a spoiler out for this one, but uh, there's a there's a little bit of a bomb dropped in the beginning of the movie. What you're not expecting about a uh, ca- about a certain character who yeah. you know we want not see in flashbacks. To me, that was the one that hurt. I was like, oh yeah because like it, it like that that one that one hurt the, the the end the ending was was uh was rough too but uh but I, I thought it was great it's it's i thought it was a good movie i still it's not my favorite kevin smith movie by far it's not my no. favorite clark's movie but it was still i still enjoyed it
2: i enjoyed it enough to go buy it on dvd and i don't buy shit on dvd anymore so but i buy that... tons of dvds yeah i'm ashamed to admit still <laughs> hey i still have a, a ton of dvds now. i just anymore anytime i want to watch something i can typically find it streaming somewhere you know
0: yeah, the thing with me is that I started buying a lot of DVDs because uh, number one, I like to actually physically own something. Yeah. Like this is this is my copy. Like this is my you know whatever. So, um, but what happened was before all these VPN networks came around, where you could like change your location, get different streaming mm. movies and whatnot. Whatever, I could never find what I wanted to watch. Like, oh, I'm going I want to watch Gremlins tonight, and then I'll look on Netflix. It's not there. Then I'll go on Amazon yeah. Prime and there it is for four bucks to stream it and watch it once, or I can buy the DVD for seven bucks. Yeah. I will buy the, yeah. this, this is the DVD for seven bucks see, in two days and watch it twice. And I did that a lot. Yeah. So my DVD collection is like <laughs> ridiculous. I've got Boondock Saints over there too. So, yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with having a DVD collection, that's for sure. I've I've got two, three huge boxes still full of uh, DVDs. It's just, yeah, I'd, I, I've i been building a list of DVDs I want to pick up because they're things I just can't find on streaming. Like, I really want to watch uh, They Live in their entirety. And yeah. uh, every time I try to find that, I can't find it. That's just one that you've got to own or uh, have someone lend you. Josh, if you're listening, wink, wink, it's time. <laughs> <Great> <laughs> Did anybody have any other mentions they wanted to get off their chest before we uh, moved on?
0: I was actually going to ask you a little trivia question. So, shoot. In Indiana Jones: The Temple of Doom, what is the name of the bar in the beginning of the movie?
2: Oh, yeah, no idea. <laughs> no
0: idea. It's got an interesting name. It's got an interesting name. You'll be surprised with.
2: Um, Solo Tavern. You're close. Ooh.
1: You're close. No, I was uh, I was thinking it was something Chinese, but my bad.
2: Now I feel like I've got to guess it. Um... I
0: mean, it kind of sounds a little bit Chinese, possibly, which is why it could kind of work. Because I think that scene is in it's in Hong Kong or it's in China. That scene. Okay, maybe that's what's throwing me.
2: I don't know. I give up. Club Obi Wan. Oh shit!
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Because it, because it is because do you remember George Lucas did write the stories for Indiana Jones and Steven Spielberg right. directed them, so. But
1: mm. so uh, thought uh, yeah. it was so going they, to be uh, a han
2: solo reference for sure yeah
0: that's why i didn't want to give it away like i said you were close so you were yeah right you track. did <laughs> one star one, so.
2: i just thought i was too close <laughs> i was like good <laughs> job jeremy <laughs> what about you randy i was I thought, just gonna I, say, I just uh, say that because it looked like you had something else you wanted to bring up before we moved on
1: i was just gonna bring up one of the arcade games that uh, i always sucked at which was tapper love it tapper yeah. I think the uh object is you have to fill up root beer glasses and catch them. And it's, I don't know. I mean, is what that the one you where can...
2: you're like, it's like an arcade cabinet. You're looking at like four bars lined up on top of each other. Yep. And you're a bartender that's jumping up between them, slinging yep. suds. I've played that before. Yeah. That's a difficult little game, isn't it? <laughs> I, think it's I, love
0: hard quick. Game. I love that game. If I ever see a cabinet in any bar or wherever I'm at, I always have to play it. And I always, I can usually get the high score. So.
1: Okay. All
0: right. There's a, a video game-themed bar not far from where I live, and um, I was there with some friends, and I'd, I'd had a number of beverages, and I was playing Tapper, and I was, like, getting a ridiculous score. and Friends were, like, cheering me on, and I was calling myself Barkeep Jesus. So. <laughs> <laughs> Can I call you that? <laughs> if you want, yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> Might offend somebody, but okay. <laughs> I was like, Barkeep Jesus. And, just, you know, and, 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 and here's the funny part about Tapper, though. You'd be surprised how accurate that game actually is. <laughs> there's, there's is the- it really? <laughs> <laughs> where did two animal come from bro
2: you would know man you would know before yeah, it's, we it's, would
0: i think it's the most accurate video game ever to real life so.
2: yeah i actually played it in a, a gaming bar here in town the 16-bit uh grill in, or bar and mm-hmm. arcade i can't remember exactly what it's called but yeah that's where i first played it but <clears throat> all right we're going to jump to a quick commercial break and when we return we're going to be talking more with frankie about the gaming mixologist in his tiktok channel so stay tuned
1: you need to realize greater success get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers accelerate your business growth is part of the evergreen podcast network and is available on apple spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.
2: All right, we are back from commercial and once again, joined by Frankie Francis. Frankie, I hope you're having a good time, ma'am. I'm having a blast, man. Thank you. And, well, thank you again for being here. And, again, thank you for making that freaking awesome drink. That was – I cannot (laughs) wait to try it. (laughs) Yeah, I cannot wait to try it.
0: When we get off, I'll I'll email you guys the recipe.
2: Awesome. damn. Hot damn. (laughs) All right, man. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, because what we already know is that uh, you're a gamer. And uh, I was going to say that it seems pretty obvious that you are a bartender, you know, professional mixologist, uh, that you're not you're doing this more in your life than just for a TikTok channel. So tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, if you're able to say where you tend, how long you've been tending, stuff like that.
0: So I've been bartending for about uh, fourteen years right now. Um, I bartend in a town called Gloucester, Massachusetts, okay.
2: and um, I'm
0: out of work at the moment right now due to a little bit of a little injury. So I'll be back sure. hopefully soon. I've been bartending like for about fourteen years. I've worked in every kind of establishment. I've worked in dive bars. I've worked in cruise. I worked on cruise ships. I've worked in wow. fine dining. So I, it's it's good to have the variety, but I still kind of bring the same kind of fun to the bar. I mean, so I, I'm always comfortable with like creative cocktails and, um, I always have the, um, you remember back in the day, you'll see all these, commer- these, uh, these, um, these bartenders whether they're on TV or whatnot, and they'll basically tell like, they're really like nasty, dirty jokes on yeah. well, this day and age. You kind of can get in a little trouble for doing those th- kind of things. So basically I started doing bartender <laughs> dad jokes. Okay. So like, yeah, so for, so for example, one night I said to my coworker, like, Hey, I just ran out of kettle one vodka. Can you get me kettle two? <laughs>
2: <laughs> stupid shit like that so my co paid me so. well you know it works better than uh spitting uh andrew dice clay material these days you know it wouldn't <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. yeah i want to be canceled man so but no. uh and so when i first started
0: tiktok i started doing these uh these like gamer dad jokes so it would be like you know stupid things like you know like you know why did uh why did donkey kong kidnap mario's girlfriend because mario was driving him bananas whoa <laughs> <laughs> Um, or what is, um, my favorite is, uh, what does Pac-Man like to put in his tacos? you uh,
2: guys know? Um, hang on, hang on. What does Pac-Man like to put in his tacos? Ooh, ooh, or no. I was going to say ghost peppers, but. Nope. I, I give. You ready? It's stupid. Guaca, 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 guaca. <laughs> See, that's way better than mine. Than my <laughs> answer. That's all good. stupid. Though. Yeah,
0: when I started TikTok, it was uh, it was basically uh, the 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 gaming-inspired cocktails, um, some retro gaming like old tips like you'd find like Nintendo Power or whatnot, and and uh, the gamer dad jokes. I haven't done the gamer dad jokes in a while, so it's um, those are kind of fun. they were really I could shoot a bunch of them at one day at one time, so I could basically just essentially just sit in a chair and just tell different jokes, and I like to change the shirt in between, so it's like I'm shooting them all at the same time, so. But uh, that's what it all was. I haven't done those in a while. Maybe I'll bring them back. But, uh, yeah, so I've been uh, – I'm bartending that time, and I started the whole kind of you know gaming cocktails a uh, little over a year ago. But I've been – I'm terrible at naming drinks, so I'll come up with something that's kind of cool, and I'll just say to my guests, whatever, hey, what do you want to call this thing? And sometimes they give me something good, and sometimes you know, we'll figure it out together. But, um, but having it named – having a cocktail named after a video game character or say, hey, this kind of reminds me of so-and-so or – you know, this has this this like kind of sounds like it would fit like you know into this one like you know like a a Rob Roy is a classic cocktail. Well, you know we could do Rob Roy's classic cocktail. So why not do Rob the Roybot? So
2: uh, okay, <laughs> nice.
0: Yeah. So that would fit in. That would fit in there. Or you know, I had a I had a peach cocktail, had like peach vodka and some you know different sweetness to it. And I called it chew and gave it two little red eye little red cherry eyes and little peach slices for ears so i
2: saw that one that was cool yeah that was one fun. of my that's was that was fun, that was fun
1: one So one of my favorite ones i saw and I, it was early on down your list but uh, you did a uh mike hagar mangria and you basically just dumped an entire bottle of whiskey in, and then just took freaking pepsi and like a little uh sprite bottle and just squirted it on there that was <laughs> yeah. that was awesome
0: <laughs> uh, that's that's uh that's that's my, my friends think that's the funniest one because um because years ago, it was it was my friend's. Uh, well, I have to call it his first wedding. Cause he's been married twice, so he gave me this gigantic beer mug, and I found out after a very hard day of work that it can fit an entire 750 milliliter bottle of whiskey. And so, it was kind of with like you know different ideas and thought, well, I want to do, I want to use an entire bottle of whiskey. Like I want to do something just kind of over the top. And I thought, all right, well, who could, who would that really work with? And my initial thought initially was um, Zangief, okay, from, oh, okay, from Tree Fighter. But I thought, all right, so Russia's known for vodka. Why would Zangie be drinking whiskey? And then I thought, oh wait, another Capcom character, Mike Hagger. So
2: mm. there you go. Yeah, my
0: friend, my friend, uh, my friend Chris, uh, or he, he prefers if I call him Fat Chris. That's his words, not mine. Uh, <laughs> he is a Mike Hagger fanatic, and that's his favorite I've ever done. So every time I if, I if I re-edit it and repost it, I send it to him, and he'll just go, Mike hagger <laughs> <laughs> That's so, one of those drinks that uh, I will not make for somebody if they come into work. Hey, can I try the Mike Hager's Mangria here? Like that's an entire <laughs> bottle of whiskey. <laughs> like,
2: no, number I don't want to carry. Number you one, home. I can't
0: serve you that. Number two, it's like I'm gonna be about, about a four hundred dollar drink, if it's, even even oh, if it's like cheap wow. whiskey. So, <laughs> getting Damn. bottle served at that one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, what was it then that um, made you decide to start the TikTok? I mean, like, what was there like a moment of uh, inspiration that came to you? Like, you know, I should be like you said at the top of the episode mixing uh work and uh, your hobbies together like how did that idea come to you and how did you decide to start the TikTok
0: it was that and um just kind of having a creative outlet is especially one of the things that was important for me was that sure you know i i used to be on a radio show in college with some friends way back in the day and um it was it, it was, we were on every single week we would come up with sketches characters be silly oh, wow. be random but it gave us that creative outlet right and okay. over the 20 plus years since i've been out of college i've i've struggled to kind of fill that void so this the tiktok thing and and doing the video game inspired cocktails that kind of gave me that's the that's that's been it, as far as i can tell the, the best creative outlet i've had since then um equally on par as well um it's up to me if it's if the video comes out good, then I did that. If it comes out bad or gets low views, all well, those chances are that's something I did as well. So, right. Um, but it was it's it's been I like it. I like it a lot. And so it's been the creative outlet and kind of the the little mental health aspect of that as well has been probably the sure. biggest. Actually,
2: uh, I, I can totally relate with that man because uh, for years, you know, I I liked being creative. I but I'd never had the proper outlet for it and it wasn't until years later that this podcast started happening that everything kind of just seemed to click it's like okay this is what's you know scratching that uh need to create itch i've got that's that's such a cool feeling when you find your your niche you know
0: very and it's important that you have people that support you for that i mean yeah you know you know I've had a couple people say, I've heard, you know, whispers saying, oh, he does things like that for attention, social media stuff. And you can make the argument for podcasts, but at the end of the day, it's, it's about course. are you getting enjoyment? You're getting enjoyment out of it. You're doing something you love. You're putting a lot of energy into it and creativity out of it. You're getting something out of it. You're getting something, you know, beneficial out of it. So yeah, it's worth it. You know,
2: I always just look at it as like I'm doing this for me, you know, for myself. I'm making a show that I want to here you know talk about things that i want to know about instead of thinking about well what would all the listeners like you know if you don't like it you don't have to listen if you do cool but i honestly think that if nobody listened that i mean i don't know about randy or jack they'd probably be like well fuck you then but i would (laughs) i would still do it i would still do it if nobody was even really listening because it's just that much fun
0: that's the reason why you should keep doing it is that you know it's that whole you know that phrase, it's dance like nobody's watching.
2: Yeah, exactly. So you, you kind of already explained, uh, you know, I guess a little bit on how some of these drinks are inspired. I guess you, you were looking at a, one of your examples earlier, you said you were looking at a drink and thought who might this suit, but does it ever happen the other way around where you're like, you see a character and then, uh, this is hard. This is hard to ask. I don't know how to word this question. I try guess, to build a
0: drink around try to build a drink how do you around build a drink
2: around a character now there are some obvious things like let's say it was link i would I'd imagine you'd use like some kind of like an apple thing so you get a green color but aside from colors like what goes into making a drink around a character
0: so i actually have made a list of like okay these are some games that there could be something to it like i have um i think that carnov is kind of an interesting character i'd like to make a drink around around him carnov was a was a on a was a day east game on the nes way back in the day hasn't been a whole lot of games since that one mm-hmm. um i like that I, I think bionic command was a great title Eight. um I, I i'll ride uh yar's revenge is kind of a cool title oh yeah um, so to try to build a drink around that that would work and it doesn't necessarily need to be like it could be something random it could be something that's kind of obscure like i i was um i was watching popeye cartoons I'm like this should be a popeye drink and i actually google there was already one called a popeye sour so i just did my kind of little twist on it and bought a popeye costume for the video i saw Um, that so so yeah so i have a list of uh of games that i think that sound that may have a character that has a cool kind of like maybe I could build a drink around this person and some of them just stay on the list and some of them do get used but um a lot of times it's it's kind of the other way around where i have a lot of drink recipes and like okay what is this, this this drinks kind of like you know little red in color it's got a little smoke to it like what could possibly work for that so, I'll just start thinking: smoke, fire, something red. Maybe it's blood, or like. So it's there's there's a lot, a number of different ways I do, I come up with it. But um, right before I start the TikTok, I I was make up a drink, and if the guest couldn't come up with the name, I might say the first video get to pop. Hey, okay, we're gonna call that drink uh, Blaster Master, just out of nowhere. And so, it works, um, nice. And sometimes, and suddenly like, huh,
1: that's an idea. So, have you had any? Uh patrons at where you're currently bartending ask you for your tiktok drink shed or is that it's happened twice and it was kind of okay. cool that it did.
0: so they like hey because again i was i was uh before i came to game mixology i was i was called fanboy frankie and someone looked at me goes like you look really familiar and I was, at the time i didn't have a whole lot of followers but this guy happened to be one of them so
1: i was like <laughs> That's oh awesome. cool all
0: right so yeah and so i said yeah but he's like Can you make any of the drinks you have here and so I was like, well, if I have all the ingredients, then there's no reason why I can't make it. So he looked through one he looked through my list and see he picks out the I forget. I forget what it was. And I just made it for him. He's like, this is awesome, though, so, because I, I do have I post the ingredients and the specs on the drinks for a reason. You know, I, I want sure. to be able to make them do not don't just dump it all in and kind of like, you know, hope for the best. Like you have no idea what you're measuring. So a good bartender takes pride in what they do. They don't just grab, you know, a bottle of, you know, vodka when someone's a vodka. So just start pouring in and just say, oh, that's, that's probably good. Like, you want the cocktail to be balanced. Right, Especially sure. if you're mixing multiple ingredients, you're going for a certain flavor profile. So, I mean, a bartender's best friend should be one of these things. This is called a jigger. So this one is um, a longer one. So this top part fills up to one ounce. There's little measurements inside for if it's half ounce, three quarters. And the taller end is an ounce and a half and then a two ounce one. So it's important to Take pride in what you do. I mean, like, you know, when a baker bakes a cake, you don't they don't just dump in the flour, they don't just dump in the sugar right. and hope for the best. You want to have you want to know what you're doing. So right. Yeah. Sometimes that requires trial and error when you're couple with a cocktail, and sometimes that trial and error requires a nap before you shoot the video. Because um, <laughs> that has happened before many times, where I'm trying to come up with something I'm like just kind of experimenting, like, okay, uh, this happened most recently. I did the Winter Games Margarita, um, which was a um was tequila, uh, cream of coconut, lime juice, and uh, white cranberry juice. And I also Ooh. had like, a, like a little coconut kind of rip for it. Winter Games is kind of a, like a, like a you know, an Olympic-style game on the NES. Mm-hmm. I right. just wanted to have the time for it. And um, when I first made it, I was like, okay, I don't taste the cranberry in this drink. Well, I might as well finish it. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I'll make it again, a little more cranberry, a little less this. I'm like, okay, not getting enough of the lime. Well, I don't. I might as well finish it. So, <laughs> 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 and then once I had the cocktail perfect, I'm like, okay, that's perfect. Love it. Let's shoot the video next. Let me just finish this
2: one first. <laughs> you you are but your own drink test dummy.
0: Yep. And then I, when I shot the when I shot the video, I made it one more time. So I had four margaritas in a span of about two hours, and just <laughs> I'm gonna take a nap before
2: dinner. <laughs> What what has been um, the most popular drink you have made on your TikTok? Like, what's gotten the most response? So
0: um, I feel like TikTok kind of limits the responses. So I've, I've actually tried to boost the post a little bit to try and, like, get, like, you know, more attention where you can actually promote your videos. And they right. kind of flag it. Because, though they, they don't flag it. They basically, like, end promotion early because it's technically promoting alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think the ones that have gotten the most views – would be either the Hadouken shot. That's probably got the most ones. And uh, the LJ on iced tea got some good some good views. Oh, more I more on Instagram. I saw uh, That's the rainbow layered uh, drink, which is a, which is a pain. <laughs> the ass to shoot that one. I bet. Um, yeah, because the the way you layer stuff the same thing I did for your shot at the beginning of the show was that there's there's a couple of ways you can do it. Um, if you just pour down the back of a spoon very slowly with a little with a little pour, kind of like a Kind of this one right here, let it pull okay. out slow, it'll layer um, on top of the drink if there's enough booze in it. The more booze, the better a chance it's going to float. Or if you look at a bar spoon right here, you can see all the little twists and turns in here. Right. You can actually uh-huh. stick the uh, you can stick the speed port of that and it'll actually go straight down the tube again if you, if you straight down the, the spoon if you do uh, it wow. was slow enough. Okay. Um, so, so the LJN iced tea was, you know, there was a red layer, yellow, green, blue, purple. And that was that was rough to shoot because so I had to mix a lot of things together, make sure the density was right, um, mm. so that it would stay afloat. And uh, but also the problem with you know, uh, you know, I'm shooting these in my house, and you know the temperature is 60 whatever. If an ice cube moved when I was trying to layer and things got mixed up, it's like shit. I gotta yeah, do it sorry. over again. Well, wow. before I do it over again, let me finish this. Throw it back. You guys might know you might know are a recurring theme right now. <laughs> But uh, that one's probably the most popular. And the Hadouken oh. Shot is one of those uh, videos I had to put a disclaimer in front of because it does involve me throwing a fireball at a lit shot
2: glass. So, Oh, I'm going to have to go find that one. I missed yeah, that that's one.
0: That, I keep that one uh, uh, pinned on the top of my TikTok page so you can see it. Um, okay. Basically what it is, it's a shot glass with, um, what was that again? It was blueberry vodka, blue curacao, sound that I layer over Everclear, which is, uh, which is pure grain alcohol, 190 proof. Uh, very, very potent and very, very flammable. So um, I'll lay it at the top and then light it on fire and then I will basically throw a fireball at the screen uh, for the video, based on Street Fighter, of course.
2: Sure, sure. I'm going to go check that one out as soon as we get off of here. <laughs> um, i, I got to back up a little bit, though, you know, talking about the LJN uh, T, and then I also saw uh, your Captain America layered drink. When yep. you are layering those drinks, well, you know, let's say an, uh, an ice cube doesn't jostle or you know everything goes as planned and you get those layers in there will those layers then on their own start to mix with each other like how how long do you have to get that video shot or get it to a customer before it all just blends together or does it
0: um if you do drink it slowly without a straw it'll go pretty it'll stay layered for a good amount of time i mean you know obviously Mm. as the drink gets warm as the ice dilutes the drink it's going to mix a little bit and if they Port. If they sip too fast, it'll mix here. And a lot of times, once you put a straw in, that can kind of that can kind of ruin it. Uh, well, that can right. kind of change the the color of it. So, but the uh, the yeah, that's the that was the apérol spritz. So what the um this this past summer, uh, the apérol an apérol spritz has become a very popular cocktail in the last few years. Um, apérol is a, it's like a it's an Italian uh, cordial. It's in the amaro family. Um, it's uh, it's kind of has a taste of like or like a, like a the, the bitter the more bitter part of an orange. So Ooh, okay, um, yeah. So basically, we mix that with prosecco. It's called an Aperol Spritz. And a little bit of and a little bit of club soda with an orange. The last couple summers, this past summer particular, I can't even fathom how many thousands I sold of Aperol Spritzes this summer. Especially because I bartend with a, with a nice deck out up uh, there, so it's a great summer drink. Sure. And so I thought, all right, I want to. What if I did something with that? Like Aperol is very popular. It's been kind of the drink of the summer. And I thought I doing a blue a blue layer to it. And I thought, and I was thinking, okay, it'd be an America thing, because like unfortunately 4th of july it was way past this was probably Mm. around like the end of august camp with us Mm -hmm. so i couldn't really do it for that but i decided that let's let's pour a little blue curacao over the top now the problem blue curacao is that it's not a lot of booze in it. it's a very sweet cordial a lot of sugar so if you decide to pour blue curacao in most cases most likely case it's going to sink to the bottom and then your layering is just gone yeah so what i would have to do is i'd have to mix it with vodka to bring the alcohol content up because the more alcohol content you have the better it's going to layer on top of something.
2: I see. Yeah. So with the with
0: the going back to LG and iced tea each layer was um, there was vodka, there was granny on the bottom, which is just no booze, just pure sugar, vodka and sweet and sour mixed layer on top, a little more booze. Next layer was rum and uh, Melon liqueur. I had to add a little bit more rum than, than Melon liqueur to make sure that I still had the color of green, but I needed to make sure there was enough booze to keep the density where it was and where I wanted Got to it. stay. Next layer was blue curacao and uh, tequila more the blue curse out so for the color again just to keep that density mm-hmm. and then i layered just straight empress gin over the top which was just a normal spirit so yeah the mm-hmm. more the more booze the better the, the more it will will layer
2: so if you drink it real slow and carefully you get uh, many different tastes as you go through the drink whereas if you just did mix it up and break the color schemes and everything you got a whole different experience in that that way yeah. as well
0: yeah, and and with with the uh, yeah, it, once you mix it together, I mean, you're gonna get those flavors no matter what. But uh, with the the reason why I use blue curacao um, and vodka with the apérol spritz is that it's to booze your apérol spritz. And again, apérol is like an orange peel kind of flavor. Well, people forget blue curacao is actually an orange liqueur. It's in that same family as like triple sec and Cointreau, Grand Marnier. It's an orange liqueur, even mm-hmm. though it's bright blue. You think maybe it's blue raspberry, but no, it's actually mm-hmm. orange. So it mixes fairly well with the with the apérol.
2: I'm so curious about all this. I'm like, I'm learning right here. I think I want to be a bartender. Maybe.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I, I have to uh, paraphrase a, a, one of my coworkers that I'm a geek who likes to drink. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, <laughs> you know, geeks like to learn as much about, you know, something they're very passionate about. I do enjoy what I do for work. So I want to learn about the stuff and I'm still learning stuff. There's, <laughs> I don't pretend to know it all. Cause I'm nowhere even in that, realm of knowing it all so i'm always trying to learn new stuff so i like to learn more about spirits wine is hard for me because it's just it's just so much wine is wine is very overwhelming for me but uh like spirits and things like that that's right that's my that's my kind of forte especially whiskey
2: it's so interesting i would love to just sit and watch you make drinks like did, did were you uh did you like go to school to do this or did you just was, did someone take you under their wing this just like uh, been years of trial and error how, how did you learn this talent so it,
0: the way I became a bartender was I used to be a personal trainer for a long time. I actually have a bachelor's degree yeah. in exercise science. And uh, right around when the when the housing market and everything crashed back in 2008, I was at a bar one night. And restaurants actually thrived quite a bit during that recession. And I was in a bar one night and I'm watching this bartender just interacting with guests and he's making a bunch of cocktails at one time and i'm watching him work and i'm watching him interact with guests and he's you know he's talking to one guy about like a lot of sports trivia hey you know the celtics are doing this and that and then he'd go down to somebody else and someone's talking about movies and someone's talking about nothing. i'm watching him work and watching these multiple conversations with different topics and i'm like i could do that yeah like obviously i need to learn i would need to learn the craft of bartending and so but like i feel like once i learned that the social interaction portion of it, I, I was like, I can I can do what he's doing. I know shit about sports, but let's I'll just throw in video games. Whatever. We'll figure sure. it out. <laughs> so I did what you think you want to do and you want to learn about something. I went to school. I there was a there was a there was a bartending they called it a bartending school It was in Boston. It was more of a class like two weekends Saturday and Sunday for like six hours each day. And it was a blast and I learned a lot. The problem is that those kind of things are kind of laughed at in the restaurant industry because oh. it's like, yeah, you learn how to make drinks. But the best way to become a bartender and learn how to be and learn as a bartender is to start working in a restaurant and literally work your way up. So right. um, I had a friend I, I applied once I did the bartending school, quote unquote, I applied to probably 50 or 60 bars and restaurants and I heard nothing from anyone like, because I had no experience. Like, Yeah, I worked to a bartending school, but, you know, I had no experience. But I, I had a friend um, at the time who um, got me into one place in Boston as the bar back in the North End, and I bartended a little bit there, not very much. Uh, I bar backed more than anything else. But I had this guy who was uh, – he was very good to me, and he taught me a lot. And he just would say, okay, tonight we're making Cosmos. That's going to be your drink of the night. We sell a lot of them. Just I want you to get good at making that. Next night I worked and was okay. Tonight you're gonna work on old fashions. And he, his the best advice he gave me was get good at making the classics. You know, make a good old fashioned, make a good margarita, make a good Cosmo, because drink menus you'll come you'll to be able to get just by working. You'll your personality will build with guests, but then just get good at making the classics, and you'll be great no matter where you are. So unfortunately, I had a great teacher who taught me that, and that's how I got started actually bartending. And then like I said, I've been in every place since then, from dive bars to fine dining, cruise ships. Wow.
2: Everywhere. How much fun. Not everyone could do that job. I mean, even if you like have all the uh, skills needed to make drink, that doesn't mean you can bartend. I mean, you, you'd, like you were saying earlier, you know, having to jump between conversations and, you know, keep, keep a uh, different side of you going with all these different people while you're doing your job. Like, it, like the, you're not going to find introverts bartending. That's for sure.
0: You find a few. I mean, I have my introverts side for sure. Um, really? but when it's, when- yeah absolutely yeah i definitely do so there's times when like you know what i just i need to introvert and i want to just i want to play nintendo for the night i'm staying in i don't care if it's thursday night and i usually don't i usually work thursday nights i'm just not not feeling it there's just times when you've just you've peopled too much
2: (laughs) yes a lot of
0: times a lot of times after the weekend so i always say that uh monday is my friday so so monday night would be the last night of my shift and and I, i always called this I call it Monday night mayhem, man, just since the pandemic, man, just crazy things happen on Monday night. It get, it's really busy and just, but I was, I always make good money on a Monday night. So, but that's also my Friday by Friday at the end of the week. You're just tired. you just want to not deal with work for a couple of days. And sure. so, on. But, but as a bartender, you wear many hats. I mean, you're, you're interacting with the, with servers when they're, Taking drink orders from their table and all these modifications, and you're having all you have to do all these other. You wear many hats, um yeah, as a bartender. So, but it's it's fun. I mean, there's times when I hate the world when I leave a shift. There's times when I'm <laughs> like, you know, what, it was good. I got money in my pocket. We're good.
2: Yeah, any job I think will make anyone do that here and there. Absolutely, you know, it's unavoidable. But I want to encourage all of our uh, listeners to check out The Gaming Mixologist at The Gaming Mixologist. Try saying that uh, five times fast, as quick as you can. I got tongue-tied pretty quick. But, yeah, on TikTok and on Instagram, I even saw you had a uh, the start of a YouTube page going, uh, The Gaming Mixologist. Is there anywhere else people should be finding you, Frankie?
0: Uh, yep, I'm, st- I'm building a website with a friend of mine named Andrew. So um, we're going to be working on that. Uh, so it'll be the thegamingmixologist.com. It is technically up um but um it's it's with it's got a lot of work to do so i just okay. uh, worked, okay. i just bought the domain name not that long ago so there's a, there's a lot of work to be done with it
2: very cool well you're gonna have to uh, let us know when it's up and like fully where you guys want it because we'll we'll push it out there we can help promote
0: absolutely yeah the the goal uh for you know very soon is i want to basically i want to publish like some sort of an ebook um okay. with those, just, like, just drink recipes in it i got to look into kind of how that would work because it's it's not the content for it, or how to even write a book. It's just it's the legal ramifications because I'm I'm referencing characters that I do not own the rights uh, to. So yeah. mm-hmm. I'm not sure how that's going to work. So with with a, in a form where I'm actually getting paid from. So I I got to look into the ramifications of that if that's even if that's even feasible. So I'm sure it is, but this I got to look into the of that part. But uh, the ebook is kind of the the big goal for 2023 to get out at some point.
2: Well, let's get awesome. you back on the show when that comes out and promote it, man. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. I, I would again. You guys are awesome, so I'd love to be back on the show.
2: Well, hey man, you are too. And next time we're well, I shouldn't say next time. I don't think I've ever been to Massachusetts, but next time we're <laughs> ever there, man, let's all get together, and uh, maybe we can share a round of the canned air drink. But did you what did you call it, or did you call it it? Did you have a name for it?
0: I just called it canned air, um, but I love it. Uh, we 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 call it the CAP for the canned air oh, podcast.
1: Yep. Um, yep.
0: So we, can, we can call it, you know randy's revenge or jeremy's fury i don't know <laughs> you guys
2: i think we he might he all like, end oh, up a... having our own name for it but
1: those last two sound like venereal diseases so let's yeah
2: oh man well i look forward to the day where we can all uh, cheers over a cap or a randy's fury or whatever it was but frankie thank you so much for being here man and randy what have we got on the website sir
1: Go to cannedairpodcast.com, check out past episode, our special guests, get a link to all our uh, merch we mentioned at the top of the show. And if you're interested in coming on the show and promoting your work, uh, send us a message on our contact page.
2: And don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandarePod and Instagram at canned underscore air and the merch tab on cannedairpodcast.com t-shirts hats stickers mugs many many more things other than the four things i always list and a tab to our patreon link where for five to ten dollars a month get you access to content that the normies aren't getting people and uh, once again if you don't have the financial means to support us Uh, I mean, well, listening, that's support in itself. Thank you guys so much for listening, especially this far into any episode. But, uh, you know, leaving us a review helps out so much. It really does. It really helps the show get to where we uh, need to be. So leave those if you can. Randy, what am I forgetting?
1: Shout out to evergreenpodcast.com, our uh, network, and uh, proud to be a part of it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
2: I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley.
1: I'm Randy Hardenbrook. I'm Frankie Francis,
0: game mixologist.
2: Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and be excellent to each other. It'll only make things worse. But Remember, you never want to approach a stray dog. Especially one that's foaming at the mouth. Get away from the animal as quickly as you can and tell a grown-up. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! This has been a Canned Air production.